Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. to the Motivated Mind, a top 100 health podcast, thanks to each of you. This is episode 397, and I'm your host, Scott Lynch. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review, hit that subscribe or follow button, and please be sure to share the podcast. Thanks for making the Motivated Mind part of your story. Today, we have another special guest that joins the pod, Sean Anthony, the networking maestro, talent manager, founder of Pod Pro Max, and the voice behind the acclaimed School's Over, Now What? podcast. Renowned as a master networker, he has forged invaluable alliances with the world's top coaches, influencers, and podcasters. With his remarkable ability to bring together visionaries from diverse fields, Sean has become a highly sought-after communicator and agent. As the captivating host of Schools Over, Now What? Sean brings a wealth of wisdom and a roster of high-caliber guests who have answered the resounding question we all face. Schools Over, Now What? Sean and I dive into his journey to breaking free from the golden handcuffs despite receiving six promotions within four years, the entrepreneurial itch and how to start scratching it, and seeing through fake stability, how parenting compels us to embrace intentional living, the dangers with making your child the primary focus of your social media, Unlocking the Path to Entrepreneurial Success by Building Systems, How to Start Your Own Podcast and Essential Tips to Guarantee Its Success, How Discipline and Consistency Are Dues We Pay on the Journey to Greatness, and finally, The Power of Keeping Records of Those That Support Us and Those That Doubt Us. I hope you all enjoy our conversation. Having spent over a decade in the cannabis industry, I've witnessed many consumers, myself included, grappling with the overwhelming abundance of options and information available, especially when it comes to navigating the thousands of cannabis strains. It's like navigating a maze. And driven by this challenge, my team and I embarked on a journey four years ago to change this narrative. Our goal was to provide consumers with the data and education necessary to make informed decisions, enhance their cannabis experience, and ultimately improve their lives. Today, I'm grateful and happy to announce that we've launched Hashdash, the world's first personalized cannabis matching platform that leverages over 637,000 cannabis strain data points to match you with your favorite cannabis that aligns with your unique preferences. Our platform centers around three key pillars, matching, community, and education. All three are aligned with our mission of empowering cannabis enthusiasts and newcomers alike, transforming confusion into clarity 
in the vast world of cannabis consumption. Say goodbye to the guesswork. Discover, learn, and elevate your cannabis experience with Hashdash. Sign up for free at Hashdash.com and find your cannabis match. That's H-A-S-H-D-A-S-H dot com. We've been doing this for since 2018, right? Around the same time. And you said something that triggered something in my mind that you saw something other people didn't see. And I have a similar comment to that. You broke the golden handcuffs of that nine to five, which let's be honest, 90% of people in the United States work a nine to five or a part-time job. They're working in corporate America. So for you, you saw, oh, fuck this. This is not my reality. This is not where I want to be. This isn't who I want to be. What was the impetus for you to say, no, I'm working for me and I have a higher calling and a higher message that I need to pass to the world? Man, I love it, man. Uh, first and foremost, glad to be here with you. I think for me, I paid attention when I was in a corporate space and I'm someone who was a brand manager. You know, I was a corporate brand manager for companies like Macy's, Target was my last brand managing job, as well as Belk as well. And I quickly noticed in 2018, as I was just being promoted absolutely crazy, I was promoted six times in four years, I quickly saw the value in me. I saw how when I spoke at these boardrooms and when I spoke at these corporate meetings, I saw how the CEOs or the people who really, quote unquote, call the shots would look at me. And I said, oh, man, I got their attention a little too good. And then I paid attention, man. I, I paid attention, Scott, to the job reviews. So I think someone right now who's stuck in their corporate position, pay attention to the job reviews. There's something that they're telling you that you haven't been paying as strong enough attention to as you should. And I had a job review. My, my boss at the time was a guy by the name of Brandon. And we had a job review. And he said, hey, listen, man, your collaboration skills are absolutely insane. Like, they're crazy. I mean, you're able to collaborate with anybody to get people sooner around an idea. And I started to really think about all the things that I've gotten people to collaborate with me on, even from a corporate perspective. You know, I, I introduced the concept of Microsoft being a part and working with Macy's and so that their managers would have like these these tablets that would have all their software. Like I introduced all these things and created a partnership and even Microsoft tried to hire me. And I said, you know what? I think I can do this. And it was one day, if you ever went to one of those stores, you know, there's this thing called credit, Scott. And when credit cards would get like, uh, when someone was signed for a credit card, you ever hear like a voice over the speakerphone? I never told the story. You ever heard a voice over the speakerphone? You're like, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. You say whatever. Dude, I did one of those. After I did one of those, while I did a speakerphone at a store, I walked. And as I was walking, four different people that actually worked from someone from the men's department, someone from the, the women's department, someone even from like intimate lingerie department. They were saying, yo, was that your voice? Who's that? You know, and so I took all these things that they said and I actually had a job promotion. Scott, it took me too far, man. I got promoted six times in four years, but this job 
had me traveling six hours. So I would drive three hours up, three hours back, and I stumbled across that weird purple app, the podcasting app in 2018. Uh, I was listening to guys like Ed Milet, Chris Drama Path, Evan Carmichael, all these guys who've been on my show. And I noticed very quickly that they didn't look like me. They didn't sound like me. And there was an audience that I could reach if I really, really went at this thing, you know, and and, and that's what changed my life. I created Schools Over Now with a podcast. And I knew if I got it where I wanted to really be at, I can make the leap. Mm. It, it's interesting listening to a lot of your interviews, watching some of the YouTube interviews too, as well. You have a lot of musicality in your voice, right? It's it's reassuring. It's it's confident. It it pulls you in. And I think you know after you spend enough years behind the mic, you figure out how to kind of dial that in even better. And it and it definitely shows with you, but. Not everybody has it. And that doesn't mean that you can't create it. Actually, I did, I forget, it was like a, a month, a ultra speaking course. Best thing I probably could have done for my podcast, just venture journey. And it was around that musicality and how to, you know, create that voice that you want and really lean into some of the, the messages that you, you want to get out and how to make it stick with people. You naturally have that. And that story that you just told me, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised like people are like, who's that? Or when you're in the boardroom or you're talking to executives that they were like, uh, who is this guy? And can we hire him? Can he be brought on board? But it's interesting and impressive that you were able to identify those things because a lot of people struggle to identify those things or they're not, let's say, confident in their ability to step out of their nine to five. So for you, what was, aside from the recognition that you could do this, what really gave you the, I'm doing this full time? Like I'm breaking these golden handcuffs and I'm doing this full time. You know, there was a, there's a couple of different things that, that really made me think about this. I remember the first time someone paid me to coach them. And I didn't even really know about prices. I didn't really know about anything at all. Listen, Scott, you're going to laugh, man. I just wanted something to eat that day. So I coached them for $30. <laughs> you know and, and, and it's so funny when I did it. I said, oh, $30. That was a little too low, too easy, too quick. You know, uh, all right. All right, let's, let's, let's spice it up a little bit, you know. Uh, and I paid attention to what people wanted from me, you know. And people wanted, to, wanted me to teach them what you and I are doing right now how to have the confidence to talk on the mic, how to reach out to amazing guests, how to you know start a podcast from A to Z, how to really, really create momentum behind that thing. You know, it, it, and that was what really had me thinking, okay, I could really do this. You know, so I started coaching people, you know, I started coaching people. And in 2020, the great phenomenon Clubhouse came around. And so when Clubhouse comes around, and, and I created a club called Podcast Secrets Revealed, and the club grew to about 44,000 members. So it was like 44,000 members. I met with them every single Monday. And Scott, when I met with them, everybody in your mama who is the who-alls and be-alls of podcasting was there on stage with me. If you know anything about Clubhouse, Clubhouse was a crazy time when it was very fresh. So, Scott, I'm on stage with Lewis House, Pat Flynn, my good friend, Amy Porterfield, Main Laws Worth a Game would come in, Ernie Leisure would come in, you know, and we would just teach podcasting, you know, and, and obviously, you know, what happened is after a while of doing that, you know, my clientele began to rise. And at some point, you know, I started to have five figure months and I was doing 10K months. And then I said, you know what, I'm ready to go right now. I, I, literally in 2020, I probably could have put it, probably could have left 
2020, I probably could have left at that particular time. But something told me, hey, listen, you got this corporate job. You got on, on paperwork. It looks good. You know, the numbers look good. So let's maximize on paperwork what the corporate numbers are, even though the side hustle is beating the corporate numbers now. And what really made me do that was I did enough research to find out that you need two years of tax records to like go get a house, you know? And so at that particular time, I'm like, well, you know what? I've gotten this far in corporate. Let me milk this thing for what it really is. And that's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I did. I mean, I had a house built from ground up off the corporate dollars, even though my side hustle was making more money, got the family a home. And then I was deuces out of there in August of 2021 and never looked back. Good for you. Yeah, I know you have have three kids, so that that's a lot of responsibility. Oh, just, just, just got another one, man. Uh, fourth one, she's, she's three months. Congrats, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Our, our first is uh, this month on the 18th, going to turn one years old. So parenting is a, a whole new dynamic for us, but it's it's amazing. We are so grateful that we have that opportunity. So kind of going back to this nine to five world, you said you got promoted six times. There are a lot of similarities between our journey that I, that I love here because I started with a, a startup. This was uh, about a, a decade ago, and I was the second employee and helped build this thing, and we were doing $17 million in annual revenue. And so the business was quite big for only having 30 employees eventually. We were around like 35. And I would say year after year, I got promotion after promotion after promotion. And there was finally one day that I said, this is a drug that's being injected into my arm to forget or become delusional about my reality and what I actually want. And the more that I accept that drug, the more I become addicted and then the less chance or the more difficult it will become to break that addiction. And I had equity in this company, meaning that if the company sold, which was the ultimate goal and we were making significant progress, I was going to make $1.6 million off of that sale. And I walked away from it. I walked away from it because it didn't align with my values. It didn't align with my mission. And again, the more that I accepted money and traded that for going after my dream, the more difficult I knew it was going to be to break that addiction. So I so understand that journey that you went through. And that is one of the most difficult decisions to make in your life because getting a constant paycheck, especially if you have a great job, man, it's it's great. You become comfortable. You, you, you have this cushiony job. There's nothing to worry about. And then you switch into the world of entrepreneurship and everything's on your shoulders. But I think the power there is that the weight on your shoulder, you've been granted that gift, that opportunity to hold that weight, and you have to muster the strength in order to hold it up, and not everybody gets that opportunity, and that's what I think makes entrepreneurship one of the most valuable things that you can do in your life. Yeah, 100% it does. Uh, I mean, you control the, the narrative, right? Uh, you, you control the narrative. You do what you want. That's all cool and dandy. I think it also you have to have a, a sense of responsibility and discipline, right? Imagine the people who, you know, maybe take a leap and realize, oh, there's nobody telling me to go do something now. I'm just going to go to sleep. 
right. You got to, oh, I'm just going to watch Netflix or, you know, oh, today I'm just going to forget about it. You know, but I think there's there's something else, though, that we haven't talked about that I think a lot of people who have that itch, if you have that itch of leaving your job and want to become an entrepreneur, I'll describe what the itch feels like. The itch feels kind of like, who's this person to tell me what to do? The itch kind of feels like, I think I might be actually more, you know, skilled than my boss. The the itch feels like, man, I'm doing everything I can here. They just don't get it. Do they even want to work here? It's just a paycheck to them. You know, the 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 itch of that, I want you to lean in towards the itch because a lot of times that itch gets concealed and it gets concealed with the quote unquote neosporin type medicine that they give us via via job promotions uh via bonuses uh via new projects you know that's that's nothing but neosporin on a scratch because you have the itch you just have to make the leap yeah that's a that's a great analogy and and a lot of people i think you know second guess themselves there right i also think about it this way i think a majority of people are working harder at their 9 to 5 than they would be if they worked for themselves. And that's not to say, let me put an asterisk and italicize this next sentence. That's not to say entrepreneurship or being your own boss is easy because it's it's not easy. I'm just saying that if you're going to dedicate 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week and be dictated to do certain things and work within the confines of a box or these bumpers, it's only going to take you so far. But if you spent that same amount of time working on that thing that you truly believed in, you said this at the beginning, maybe even before we recorded, man, it's been six years that I've been doing this. And I thought to myself, right when you said that, why has he felt like it's been that long? Probably because he's having a fucking blast <laughs> doing what he's doing and time is spinning around. But guess what? Six years, six years at a nine to five feels like 10 years, you know, feels like 12 years. Uh, listen, man, Jesus Christ. Listen, you know one thing I thought about, man, and I thought about this over the weekend this is this could be a good it's gonna be a good thing bad thing however you look at it but i i think it's kind of a good thing i cannot tell you how excited i am about mondays i look forward to them i ain't never look forward to a monday at a corporate job i mean i look forward to them i'm like i get to do this man i get to i get to keep i get to keep taking a swing at this thing you know and I'm having, you know, success at it, you know, and I've had, you know, I've had times where, you know, obviously I've been a full-time entrepreneur now, um, August will make three years, you know, and, and there, there's moments when you're like, huh, am I figuring this thing out? But man, if you just stick with it, if you just stay consistent, you're going to look back and be like, man, I needed to go through that because I would have never developed the the systems I have now. I would never develop the awareness I have now. I would never develop the the I am not going to tolerate this from anybody now. You know? Um so you have to go through things like a cycle, you know, and I, I think you just gotta stick with it. You gotta prepare uh yourself. But I I, I am I am having a ball, man. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Dude, that's what that's what life is about. You know, it's funny that you mentioned this because so yesterday I'm down at the dealership getting new tires put on my car and I'm sitting in the the waiting room. 
I have my headphones in, just listening to some music, kind of taking advantage of white space. Talk about being a parent, right? White space is very valuable. And I'm watching people coming in and out of the dealership, the employees sprinting around, copying things, printing off things, jumping on the phone. They sound super stressed out. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It's a beautiful thing and it's a sad thing. And it's this. Life tends or the system that has been built around the world, whether it be formal education or nine to five or overstimulating ourselves with the TV or cell phone, it has really done a good job at dulling people down. And here's what I mean by that. We all start out, and you know this, having four kids now, we start out the happiest beings enjoying every aspect of the smallest detail because sure in part because we're experiencing things for the first time but eventually most people get dulled down they get worn out and what do they do they rush for moments of happiness so what they do is they sacrifice let's call it 70 percent of their life for 30 percent happiness and here's what i mean about that they rush to the weekend which means that they're now giving away five days of their life, five days of their life, because they're excited about Friday and going out to the bar, going out to the club or going over a friend's house, whatever it might be. And you know what they're doing? And listen, we're all guilty of this. So I, I'm not saying that I'm you know better than that system that's been built, but it puts us in a place where we rush through 70% of our life for 30% of happiness. And watching all these people running around and you could just see that they were tired, right? Or they were having difficult conversations. And not that those things are, are necessarily a bad thing. They're inevitable aspects of life. But for what? You rush through five days to get two days. And then on Sunday, maybe even a day and a half, because then Sunday you dread, oh shit, Monday's coming around and I get a return to that boss that literally drills me and is never happy with anything that I do. Or in your case, I got to drive three hours one way to sit in traffic and I'm already worn down by the time I get into the parking garage and then get into the damn office. And to me, that sounds like psychotic behavior. Because when, and, and logically, when you lay it out, you're like, that sounds mad. Like that, that is a trade off I don't want. But we're so ingrained into that system that it's hard to realize that and break out of that. Yet again, another addiction. Man, listen, man, that's the spot on, man. I think the hardest thing to break is that mindset. Look, you know, and it's, it's not even, I don't even know if it's even arguable. How many people are employed right now at jobs that they absolutely hate? And the, what's keeping them there is the medical insurance, the health benefits, the 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 fake stability of, of receiving a paycheck every two weeks or every month, whatever it is for you. You know, I think that might be hands down one of the hardest addictions to break. And And I think once it's broken, though, that's really when life happens. I don't think everyone is probably meant to be a full blown entrepreneur. They might not be, no, they might not be the best at personal responsibility or having discipline and all those things, but it doesn't mean that they aren't supposed to be happy in what they're doing. They need to find something that they're happy that they love, you know, that they're doing. I can't tell you if that, if you have the discipline, you have the responsibility. And if you know how to naturally just make money, and being able to afford whatever lifestyle you need to have, there's no greater benefit or reward than that. 
you know, I manage, when I was a brand manager, I had over a hundred people reporting directly to me at any given moment or time, you know, and I cannot tell you how many times they would come looking for me and I wasn't even looking for them. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, I mean, like literally you can be trying to do anything, man. You can be trying to eat, you can try to go to the bathroom, you can try to take a phone call. They're just looking for me. And I, I used to always joke to myself and I used to say to myself, man, if, if, if Sean was my boss, I wouldn't even be looking for him like they looking for me, you know, <laughs> have fun, do your thing, man. You know, that's how I really was really feeling on the inside. But I think there's so much more to life when you are in, a, in control of it, right? I, over the last three years, I've been to almost every single uh, kid function you can name it. My daughter has a, a field day, I'm there. She has a play, I'm there. She has gymnastics every Monday, I'm there. I would have never been able to do that had I, had I stayed with that corporate job, you know? And, and I timed everything so correctly, and, I, and I'm so blessed to be able to to be able to be around my kids at any given moment like that. Man, I remember when I couldn't even get birthdays off. You know, I remember when family members would die and, it, and it, they might not be a close enough relative and they would give you a hard time because you're talking about an aunt, you know, like, like the craziest thing of all time, man. And, and it just motivated me. It just motivated me. But I think the itch back when we were talking about earlier, I think a lot of people have it. I think they need to lean in towards it. There's there's a reason why you feel in your 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 bones that you feel like you shouldn't have accept what they just told you, or you feel like you might be better than that boss. You probably are, but you've been systemized and you've been trained to think of them differently. When reality is just a job title, right? That's what I really think about it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And you bring up a great point and, and disclaimer that, sure, not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. That is a hundred percent accurate. I think that to look at the the demographics, the data that ninety percent of people work a nine to five or a part time job, there's got to be, I assume, fifty percent within that ninety percent that actually has the ingredients to be an entrepreneur, or even beyond that that actually deserves a job that they enjoy and they they like, right? That they're happy with. There's one of my favorite authors, his name's Ryan Holiday. He has a phenomenal, he's got many books, but he has a great newsletter called The Daily Dad. I read it every morning. It's like five minutes. I think I've said it on this podcast before. I think everybody should read it. That's apparent. But 
one of the things that he said in one of his newsletters was that, you know, we tell ourselves as dads that, well, I'm putting in the extra hours. And, and this goes for just parents in general. We're putting in the extra hours so we can build the world that maybe we weren't afforded when we were a child, right? That gives them the opportunities that they didn't have. But if we're being honest with ourselves, that's a bunch of bullshit. And because in the child's eye, they don't really correlate and understand, oh, dad and mom is working 80 hours a week, 60 hours a week, so I can go to the zoo or the aquarium, a girl go on vacation. That's not how their mind works. They just correlate that mom or dad's around and that's special to me. And I think as being a parent, and I know this is a little diverting off of where we were going, but as a parent, you realize and start to question why you do things for what reasons and and this is the most important piece that you start to get really honest with yourself because we say that I'm at a job because it's a nine to five, it's a steady paycheck, I get benefits and all the other, all these other things. But if we're really honest with ourselves and we sit down, we could probably build a map that directs us or a compass that directs us to a world of freedom where we're at least building our side hustle, our business, whatever it might be, our, our agency, whatever, while we're at that nine to five, which then those are the stepping stones to get out. But back to your earlier point, it's certainly is about mindset. And that's why I do this podcast and talk about what I talk about because the mindset controls everything. If you have the right mindset, everything else is inevitable and falls into place. 100%. You know, I, th I thought about as you were talking, just as a parent, right? And, and, and I thought about, okay, what was my feeling as a parent working a corporate job, leaving my kids every day? And dude, I was sad. Granted now, my youngest kid was uh, was three years old. So the kids, my kids will never, they will never see me walk away or leave them to go to somebody else's company or someone else's corporate job. You know, I remember, so they, they have no idea of knowing what that felt like. They'll never know. But someone else right now listening to this is walking out. The kid is 10, 12, 14, 15, like they, they definitely know, you know, and I remember how sad I felt leaving them and I knew, okay, I need to get to a point. They will never see this. You know, um, and, and was blessed to do that. So now when I leave them, they'll, they, they'll go with me to the airport. They'll see daddy, like, go get on a plane. They'll, you know, they, they, their visuals to it are a lot different. You know, they're not waiting for daddy to come home from a job he hates and, and then, you know, have some random meal. You know, they, 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 they know when I come back, I'm, I'm bringing them gifts from places that they haven't been yet because they're too young to travel to all these places, right? So they look at it differently. They're, they're seeing it differently. You know what we haven't talked about? I know we're both on a different tangent, but I think the world needs to talk about it more and no one's probably talking about this. There's something happening right now where the statement of how I grew up or a statement of, well, my parents want to give this life to my kid because I didn't have that. Or, us, dude, we're like 10 years away from none of that shit ever mattering anymore. And here's what I mean by that. This is a completely different world. Like, like, like no one has probably done enough data to realize it yet. There's kids right now who are growing up with social media. Dude, our parents didn't grow up with social media. Yeah, so so the kids are now able to see a version of their parents off of social media about 10 years from now. They're going to be able to look and see, oh, I can see their life. I can't see my parents' life off social media. They, already, my, they don't even have Facebook. 
You know what I'm saying? So the world is so it's so different. I think there's going to be a lot of studies on that. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though. You know, another tangent, I can go on tangents all day. I wouldn't be surprised, though. One thing I've watched as a parent is how I've displayed my kids on social media. You know, and me and my wife have made the decision to, you know, we'll show you the back of their head. We'll show you their plan, but not their face. And I'll tell you why, Scott. And hopefully somebody catches this. They don't catch anything from this interview. Because in 10 years from now, 15 years from now, if your kid has been the focal point of your social media presence, when they get in front of other kids, when they get in front of new teachers, when they get in front of new jobs, their whole identity is shaped by what their parents showed you of them. Could you imagine what your identity would look like if your identity, Scott, was off the fact that your parents showed you on social media all the time, sliding down slides, eating new food, being jolly and happy? What if you really wasn't jolly and happy all the time? What if you really didn't like none of those foods? Now you have this whole new persona of people judging you before you open your mouth. I don't think enough time has happened on social media for people to see the effects of that, but I think it's coming. That is a killer observation. That is a great ob- our our daughter's so young at this point, but we have noticed a lot of I mean they're sponges, right? They notice everything because their life is not clouded by the noise that we have as adults out in society. And I heard something that is a similar parallel to to what you're saying around identity, but it's more on the the parent side. And I think it was a psychologist talking to mother and father of a child and said, is your child the center of your world? And they go, that's an easy answer. Of course they are. And she asked, do you think that's dangerous? No. Why Why would it be dangerous? They're, they're everything to me. Shouldn't your wife or your husband or yourself be everything? Because as your child grows up and they see that they are the center of the universe, going back to your identity aspect, right? This This linkage, but they don't see mom and dad loving each other or caring for each other or pulling out the chair for each other or holding open the door or saying please and thank you or being kind to another random soul on the street, they don't understand what a healthy relationship then looks like. And so not only is their identity then tied to this, I don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, and then they struggle with that as they they age, but they also think that they're the center of the world. And so then it's no surprise as children get older that we have some people that think that the world revolves around them, right? When you look at their childhood, you're like, well, that makes perfect sense then. And it's not because there are bad parents. That's not what I'm saying or insinuating. We all do our best as parents, but it's something to really think about that's linked to what you're saying around identity and how that affects that individual as they get older. 100%, man. I 100% agree with that. I think we just got to be wiser, you know, with, with the decisions that we're making. And I think we have to really think about how impactful it'll be because a lot of the things we're doing right now, there hasn't been any research on. And we have no idea, you know, and I, I think what we do have an idea on is how it might make us feel and, and thoughts we might have after we've done something, you know? So I love the fact that you guys are thinking about it that way. Mm. And, to your point on social media, I mean, hell, the internet is only 37 years old or something. Our parents didn't really have the internet. This is, we're kind of the first generation. I think what, you're 34, I'm 33, I'm right there with you. Same timeline. We grew up 
as technology was starting to ramp up. We were using floppy disks right back in the day. Now kids are born into streaming services and all of these other things that we were not privy to. And it's really interesting to see, you know, watching kids even using an Amazon device to check the weather to then determine how they're going to dress for the day. That would have been unfathomable for us to understand. We Maybe we saw it in a sci-fi movie, but now it's reality. <laughs> or or we would get up earlier enough to go outside or look at the weather and be like, oh, you know, think about it, right? Just, here's another thing to make you think about how times have changed. Dude, I remember, I'm from North Carolina. I remember when it would snow and we would watch TV to see if we had any school cancellations and we would watch the bottom of the screen like the NBA draft. Like we're, watching, we're watching and figure out, yeah, all right, is my, my public school county up there? Like, we're literally watching to see if we're going to get drafted. Nowadays, man, they just send them a text. <laughs> they just send them a text. You know, they send them a text. They, they already kind of know. I can't tell you how many times I walked to the bus and then found out I'm standing there for 30 minutes and I'm like, God damn it. I probably left a little too early and school is canceled. Then I, I, had, to, I had to walk back home. I, I feel like like 90 year olds, like, oh, we had to walk up Mount Everest both ways in order to do this. But for the younger audience out there, it was definitely a different world. And then you guys, for anyone listening, 40 years from now, it's going to be completely different 20 years than what it is today because of the compounding growth of technology, right? When I, I forget the timeline, but think about from the first Model T or Model A being thrown off the assembly line by Henry Ford, to then the Wright brothers flying a plane, to then all of a sudden commercial flights, to then outer space travel, space travel, and the internet. It's it, When you look at thousands of years ago, the progress that they had in a hundred years, it wasn't even remotely close to the progress that we have within a hundred years. So, Switching gears back to this entrepreneurship, speaking of compounded growth ROI here, if you will, for those that are thinking about journeying into entrepreneurship, what is some advice that you would give them? You said one of them earlier, discipline, probably one of the most important pieces, but what other ingredients do individuals need to really take on entrepreneurship and be successful in doing so? I think you have to realize and look at maybe some of the things that you have sold in the past or some of the things that you're thinking about selling and and getting a system in place where getting a, you know, one of the things that we've been able to do, I'm so proud of it, you know, with schools over now, schools over now, what allowed for me to become somebody that's helping so many people with podcasting and get them in a space. But it also led to me creating Pod Pro Max. And Man, Pod Pro Max changed my life, man. You know what I mean? So so Pod Pro Max is something that was birthed from my, you know, three years of, of being a full-time entrepreneur. The first year I was a full-time entrepreneur, this is 2021, was another six-figure year. But I'll be honest, I learned so much. It's my first time going at it, right? So I learned what was working. I, I, I learned what people liked. I learned what they didn't like. I learned what they didn't tell me that they didn't like. I learned how to speed things up. I learned the, the, what was I missing? You know, how can I streamline this? You know, and and, and so Pod Pro Max, we, we eventually figured out the perfect way to make podcasting easy. You know, and, and the way we do it, you know, we have the ability to do three services. We either can 
edit your show and give it to you, or we can edit your show and publish it for you and give you all your social media content. And the third way is a talent management aspect where I started to represent some of these high level people that I were coming in contact with. Right. So whether, you know, it's booking them for speaking opportunities, brand deals, looking for shows that should be on podcasting, yes, in general, you know, but this took years of me actually getting out there. I would have never had the opportunity or even the thought process to even streamlining this the way it was without becoming a full-time entrepreneur. So back to the premise of the conversation, there are some things that you are never going to learn until you are fully in it. You're never going to learn it until you're fully in it. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I got it. And then I think the next thing is, you know, how do you necessarily, everyone wants to use the word scale. I like to use, you know, the thought process of how do we make sure everyone is satisfied? Because scaling is easy. And if you're the CEO of a company and you're the main person in the company, you got to get to a point where the task and things that you are doing, somebody else can do. You should be able to go out and get sales. You should be able to go out and provide some type of customer service so that your systems are in place and they're streamlined to just operate smoothly. You know, that, that would be my, my biggest, biggest advice is to have the discipline, but then you also have to jump into the space, understand what's working, what's not working, create systems and processes that can streamline your efforts. And that's entrepreneurship. That's a beautiful answer. Yeah, I, I tell people it's it's systems first then it's habits, and then it's tools, right? And I think that's kind of the pyramid of being a successful individual, even at your job or as being an, an entrepreneur. So PodPro Max, so you're doing the podcast, School's Out Now, what? And you did that for a while. And PodPro Max, how was that born? Was it born because you were doing the podcast and you're like, man, this is so cumbersome. I've got to manage the dashboard. I got to review analytics. I got to go out and find guests. Then I got to post social media content. There's just got to be a better way to do all of this. Was that the inception? It's close, very close. So what So, so what happens, there, I think last part, 100% fact, there's got to be a better way. There's, there's a better way to do everything. With Podpro Max, you know, for me, what made us create it is that when I very first went full-time entrepreneurship, you know, people would hire me all the time to teach them podcasting and I would end up having to pass them off. I would have to pass them off to, you know, people that I thought could produce or edit stuff. I would have to pass them off to other options of things. And then after I passed them off, everyone would come back and be like, man, they're not good. They're not as that. They, they missed out on this. They missed out on that. And I thought about it. I'm like, well, why am I outsourcing? Why am I just giving it all up? You know, if I know how to do this, if I learn the right, you know, the right system in place, I don't ever have to pass them up, you know? And, and that's really what Power Pro Max came from, you know, to be a, an umbrella uh, of a complete wheelhouse uh, of being able to do this. And also to sharpening different tools. You know, one of the, the tools that we have is the ability to figure out, all right, what are the best shows for some of our clients to be on? So we do extensive research. We understand exactly what their market are, who they talk to. And it just makes a perfect mesh that when we have these conversations, it's a huge benefit for the host and for the client. I and mean, the host is getting what they really, truly need. And I know that from being in the podcasting space for six years, we need good guests. We need guests that make sense for what the topic matter we're talking about. So, you know, the positive side is if you're receptive of hearing about someone you never heard of, this could be a very good opportunity for both parties. You know, and I think that to me 
is that I was answering all of the things that I would go through, you know, editing, finding guests, understanding how to bring the right person on my show. And I created a bunch of solutions for it and birth pop or max in June of last year. And congrats on the uh, launch. It, it's going to be a year soon before you, before you know it. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people underestimate specifically podcasting, the work that goes into it, but that's most things in life, right? We, we probably underestimate what it takes it to your point. You don't know until you go, right? I, I always say in order to get receive data points, you've got to take action. Action releases the data. Data allows you to make better decisions or different decisions because now you have new information. And there, there's 4.2, 4.3 million podcasts out there. Now, certainly, I don't know what percentage of that is active versus not because everybody and their mother started a podcast during COVID and then didn't have the consistency or the discipline and then stopped producing the podcast. But it's a lot of work when it comes to podcasting. So since we're on this podcast talk track here now, what are, are some of you think the starting points for people that want to start their own podcast? Because I have people all the time that DM me, shoot me an email and say, hey, Scott, you inspired me to create my first podcast. What are some of the formulas you think, some of the foundational stones in order for individuals to start producing their own podcast. Yeah, I think for number one, I, I think however you title the show, it has to do one or two things. It has to one, when you hear that title, create a serious amount of curiosity or two, when you hear that title, it makes you want to be a part of a mission. Right. So when we named schools over now with the podcast, like we named schools over now, what everyone said, yo, I asked myself that question. And the guests that we will reach out to, the reason why we were able to get the the Ryan Serhants, the Ed Milets, the Jasmine Stars, I mean, everyone saw themselves asking themselves that question and wanted to be a part of the narrative and helping, you know, a, a group of individuals, primarily, you know, from ages of 21 to 37, figure it out, right? After school, you know, and, and we've even seen 18-year-olds listening to the stuff. After school, you're asking yourself that question. So as you're naming the title of your show, you know, does it give one of those two feelings? And then the second thing is when I think about the formula, when you put out a new show, you know, especially if people don't, don't know you at all, you want to do three things. You want to drop three episodes. The first episode should be, who are you? How did you get to this point? Why are you even doing a podcast? The second episode should be about the structure of the show. Like, what can people expect? Are you going to do an interview style show? Are you going to do a show about tips? Are you going to do a show to motivate people? And then the third episode, you just start delivering it. So if you were going to do an interview style show, this is where you have your first guest. And this is where you're going to do the tips. This is where you give out those first tips. And you launch it all at one time. And I think, you know, the formula behind launching that all at one time is that all the things that we truly enjoy in this new age, we binge watch it, whether it's series like Griselda or if it's series like, you know, Power, anything you really, really like, you keep going, you know? And I, and I think that's that's so important that you do those things. Yeah, I, I, I love those tips. I think the, the title aspect is phenomenal, that it unlocks curiosity. And there's also people want to join missions, right? We want to be part of a group or a, or a community. And anytime that I've shared my story, why, why I started my podcast back in 2015, I had my best friend, you know, commit suicide. And it was really the impetus behind why I started the podcast. People can relate 
You know, we've all lost someone that we loved for one reason or another. And when you hear a mission behind something, whether it be a brand, you know, your former world or even a, a podcast or a newsletter or a YouTube channel, you're like, I want to be part of that. And I think that's phenomenally powerful. And it's a fuel that never runs out because people know you're talking about something passionately from your heart that truly means something to you. And then after six years of doing it, it doesn't feel like six years because the mission was so much bigger than the day to day or the week to week or the year to year. And so you have fuel for the rest of your life. Yeah, man, the, uh, the six years of doing it, man, three of those years I, I was employed, you know, and, and the three years I was doing it, employed, you know, there was, you know, one day a week that I would work on it. People always said I was going, man, I was going so hard for so long, Scott. People thought I was already full time. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I was, I was, I was, I had a one day a week and I would try that one day a week to record podcasts and, and the podcast comes out every single Friday and it doesn't come out every single Friday just because I thought Fridays was the greatest day. It comes out every single Friday because when I started the show six years ago, almost now, right, that was the only day I had to work on it was Thursday. You know, so so I, you have to figure out what what can be, what can you commit to doing until it becomes the thing, you know, and that's what I commit could commit to doing, and you know, and I'm glad to be here. But you're right, man, it doesn't doesn't feel like because the other three years have been rocking and rolling crazy. <laughs> I love it. And I love the consistency, man. You know, I, I think that's one of the most challenging things I've had this pod since 2018. Haven't missed a release date. I released two episodes a week and it's a lot of work. At, as you know, I'm up to 388 episodes. I think you're at 330. So we're right there with each other. Like it takes a lot of work. And I know I keep repeating that, but I think people again, just underestimate it. And so but that's the thing about those that are successful in any category in life, and you're a perfect example of this, is that that consistency, and you said this earlier, if you just keep going, you will get to where you need to go. I, I forget that famous, it's a not an animation, but a drawing of this miner, and he's digging, he's digging, he's digging, and he just gives up, and he's like an inch or half an inch, right? Right from the diamonds or the gold or whatever it is. And I think that's so many of us that we work for a certain period of time, assuming that the reward should already be here, but forget that it's this long-term deal that we make with life. And it takes long-term commitment, discipline, consistency, all of these different things in order to reach where we need to go. But I mean, there's no such thing as an, I've interviewed so many guests like yourself. There, there's no such thing as an overnight success. You see all the highlight reels, but you don't know what they did behind the scenes or how much work they put in or how many reps that they took. And then we just see the muscle mass, metaphorically speaking, at the end or the nice house or whatever it might be. And we didn't see the 11 years prior of them staying up late or waking up early or sacrificing certain aspects of their life for where they are today. Yeah, man. Or the many conversations uh, that they could have stopped. The many conversations of the discouragement, the many conversations that someone might have said a comment to you that you'll never forget. And it motivates you still to this day. Even the most successful people on the planet, billionaires, they don't forget the statements that really hurt them and motivated them to do what they're doing. You know, Jay-Z has, has a quote and it's actually one of his lyrics. He said, my uncle said, I never sell a million records. I said, I sold a million records like a million times, you know, but the fact that Jay-Z is saying that, right. He ain't forgetting about his uncle. 
Right, right. Yeah, no. He said this after he's up hundreds of millions. You know, so that those comments, those questions, as you're on this journey, they're going to happen. You have to almost take you know record of them like a bank. Take you know take account of them and put them in you know your bank and realize, okay, all right, what what was you saying again? All right, let me and, and allow for it to motivate you. And the same thing with positive messages. You know, I started a podcast in 2018. In 2019, it was February 2019. I got a, a message from a guy who told me he had just listened to the last episode. I think the last episode I had at the time was with this guy by the name of Mims. He has a song called This Is Why I'm Hot. It's really big in 2007. It's like, it's like the number one song in the world in 2007. And he said, hey, man, I just want to let you know, I listened to your episode with Mims this morning and I was about to take my life and it saved my life. I cannot tell you, Scott, how many times I have felt like not recording a podcast because it takes so much work. And I think about that guy. And then I just press record and I give it to him. Because it doesn't matter if you have hundreds of downloads, thousands of downloads. It don't matter if you got 10 downloads. If you can impact one person in that way, you're on the right path. Just stay consistent and, and stay relentless and you got something. Damn. I, I, I so feel that down to my core each of those messages, because we all feel like we don't want to do something, right? Every day there's something that we don't want to do, but pushing through the we don't want to do, there's major reward there. It's actually been linked to willpower and longevity are, are linked, actually. Doing the things we don't want to do, there's a part of our brain that the more that we do the things that we don't want to do, the bigger that part of the brain gets. And it's actually larger in those that are older or have a healthier diet. So it's a direct correlation between longevity and effort. And I think Huberman Lab was one of the, the first ones to, to, to break this with neuroscience. But yeah, I, I feel you down to the core on the, the message. So let's end it on this note. What was a message that you received that was the opposite of that, that just created fire within your stomach? Like, I am going to prove you so wrong and you're going to be sorry. Man, that's a good one. There was somebody that, that said this to me. And this is back in 2018 when I very first started podcasting. And they said, hey, look, you're spending a lot of time doing that. That podcast ain't making any money. Man, I can't even tell you the number, you know, but, but that, that's been something that used to motivate me back then, you know, but then there's also positive messages. And I think the positive messages motivate me more than those, you know, sometimes receiving a message from someone that you really are looking up to could shift your whole trajectory. I was in Laguna beach sitting on the couch with Ed Milet and uh, Ed Milet after the interview, he looked at me, he said, Hey, look, man. And I got to record it. I got to record it. And it's, it's a BTS clip that I sometimes I'll share on social media. He said, hey, man, I want you to know this. You look unique. You're unlike everybody in this space. If you stay consistent, if you stay going at this thing, he can start slapping his hands. He said, you're out of here. <laughs> yeah. So I think about those positive messages, you know, and, and that put a battery in my backpack. And that was only in episode 41. 2019, I did that. I recorded that. It might have been like March. You know, we had just started the show. We haven't even done the show a whole year. We're sitting with him. And he's talking to us like that. Um, and, and, and that motivated me to really, really go at it for a long time. 
You know, <laughs> so so I, I think it's a double-edged sword, man. Yeah, your your wheels were spinning out of that one. I love it. I, I see the the positive comments and negative. I don't think about them in kind of those two camps. I, I think about them as a negative comment is just as valuable as a positive comment, right? Because now there's a reason to to prove someone wrong or show them that you know better, right? And I think that's beautiful because I think someone was – put there for that conversation or to challenge you for a reason. And that is an opportunity and a blessing or something to be grateful for that you ran into someone who doubted you, right? That doesn't mean they they dislike you or that they hate you or that they're 110% against you. They just haven't seen what you're capable of. And so if that's the case, then that means you're not producing maybe to the level that you could be producing. And so for someone to pop that up on your radar and make you aware of that, I, I think is, man, that's, that's special, right? That, that That's special. Yeah. I think also too, sometimes doubt can be a compliment. They don't even realize he just did it. You know, I had a boss one time, he was going to go on vacation and he looked at me and this is after I started the show. He looked at me and he said, Hey, I'm going to be gone for a while. You know, I got to do this meeting. I got to go to this state. I got to go do this. He looked at me and he said, Hey, by the way, while I'm gone, man, let me get that podcast, Sean. And I said to myself, oh, so you actually do listen. This actually might be something good. This actually might be something I can really work with, you know, and and low key, he gave me a compliment and made me say to myself, I'm going to give you that podcast shot. All right. (laughs) I love it. I love it, it, man. Well, Sean, this has been phenomenal. Where can people find the podcast? Pod Pro Max, where can they find that? Where can they follow you to as well? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find a podcast, Schools Over Now What, on all audio platforms, YouTube, Schools Over Now What. Uh, if you want to listen to the show, we have had over 600 plus episodes featuring amazing people, forever grateful for them, forever grateful for that. If you are somebody that's ready to start podcasting and you want to you know, get into the space and you know it's, it's going to take work, uh, if you want podcasting to be made easy for you, visit podpromax.com. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive from corporate shackles to entrepreneurial success with Sean Anthony. If you did, share it, shout it out on social media, or drop a rating and review. Stay connected with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. The Motivated Mind is a legacy division.